Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore in the games of Blizzard Entertainment. I'm Ann Stickney, one of several lore aficionados over at Blizzard Watch, and I've got both my marvelous co-hosts with me today. First up, he knows his lore. Well, they both do, really, but this one knows lore, and he also knows Shaman, and that'd be Joe Perez. Hey, Joe. Well, hello. <laughs> How you doing? I'm feeling the burn of the holidays. Otherwise, I'm doing okay. How about you? Uh, I'm not really feeling the burn of the holidays. I'm feeling the burn of, I have to move in two and a half weeks or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's uh, coming with its own strain of delightful, oh, all the things. But anyway, also got our wonderful other co-host with us today. He knows lore. He knows warriors. He'd be Matt Rossi. Hey, Rossi. How's it going? My, uh... Dwarf Barbarian got a new weapon the other day in D&D, and I'm staring at it now on D&D Beyond and going, ah, over it, and over again, because it's really nice. I was going to say, is it a good I gotta, weapon? I gotta know. I gotta know. It's a yeah. great axe, Ooh. and it does an extra 2d6 radiant damage when <gasps> it hits something. Oh. So Do you have to, like, invoke it, crit, or is it just automatic? Nope, automatic. Oh. When, I crit, when I crit something, because I have brutal criticals because it's a Barbarian, I roll 3d12 plus 46 damage oh my god and what plus, level are you i'm level uh nine so but plus since i've got a plus seven to damage normally when i rage that becomes plus 10 to damage so i would be rolling on a crit 3d12 plus 46 plus 10 and if i take a minus five to hit which is plus 11 at this level i would be, then get plus 10 more to damage so you're so basically just gonna tear things apart Wait, is, that, hmm? is that what kind of great is that like a named one or is that one that they homebrewed it's from the homebrew okay, okay. it's it's not in the, the standard rules it is a very it's essentially a vestige if you played if you watched critical roles first season yes. yeah it's a vestige Ooh. so it's it's quite powerful and it's yeah it's it does a couple of things that don't really matter like it's got like a char- I can like use it once to cast dispel magic, and then I have to recharge it with like a long or short rest. Uh, I have can cast burning hands with it, but I don't. I'm never going to use it for any of that stuff. That's just flavor. I'm going to hit things with it because I could do a ridiculous amount of damage. The uh, thing where I can do tw- like it's, I can take five away from hit and add ten to damage. That's a feat I took. That's great, Weapon Master. Hey, speaking of which, do we have feats? Like, are we supposed to take a feat or something you, like that on yeah, our game? You can. Okay. You All can right. Take them at level, you can take them, I think, at fourth level when you oh, have any. Well, I didn't take any, increase. and I should probably take one of those. Well, so. it, it's, a choice between, it's a choice between that or a stat increase. Yeah. Oh. You, can, you can add plus two to, to like, any stat. Okay. Plus one to one stat and plus one to another stat. Okay. I was or doing you, the stat increases. I didn't do the feat yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. where they come in. Okay. They come in. When you ever when you see stat increase on your sheet, mm-hmm. that's when it you could get a feat instead. Okay. I took a feat instead of a stat increase. Okay. That's why Willier's alert in our game because oh. I took that feat so that I couldn't be surprised when doing watches because I've learned after having mischief do watches. <laughs> Look, I rolled a five. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part. And she's like, You didn't even wake anyone up. I'm like, I rolled a five, Liz. <laughs> My wisdom is dumb. <laughs> I, I thought it was great. I just, I just think yeah. it's hilarious. 
She was just like, oh, a talking kitty. I'm going to talk to the talking kitty. You know what? None of this stuff has anything to do with lore, so we should probably get on with it. <laughs> so uh, this week we're going to answer more of you guys' emails. We've almost made it through the gigantic stack of emails that I had, and that's good because there's just as large a gigantic stack that's been in there since we started answering you guys' emails. You've been real good about emailing us. Speaking of which, if you have a lore question for the show, you can send that to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Be sure to put lore watch in the subject line so that we know that it's intended for this show. And uh, even if you don't have like a, a lore related question we're still looking for questions and stuff for the blizzard watch podcast so uh just change the subject line to blizzard watch we'll take it there too um anyway let's go ahead and get started because we've got a bunch of stuff to go through today um first one is from anthony who says i was wondering if you could explain or speculate upon the relationship between the shadowlands along with the jailer and everything we know about it for example they mentioned that the jailer is eternal i thought the shadowlands was an alternate realm of azeroth i didn't think it existed throughout the entire universe what does that mean for azeroth is it much older than we realize as well and what relationship could the jailer and the shadowlands have with the old gods and the void lords thanks a lot love the show anthony you guys want to hop in on this one I mean, I mean I'll, I'll let Rossi go first. Um, my first thing would be to say that eternal doesn't mean existed forever. It means will exist forever. So there could still be a start point to something that's eternal. Uh, also, just because it's eternal doesn't mean it predates Azeroth. Uh, again, that might just... Do you, do you think happen. maybe he spawned into being with Azeroth, or...? I... Like, you know, I'm totally okay with making stuff up. That totally doesn't bother me but it would be me making stuff up. The answer is we don't know. We know nothing about whether or not... We know that these Shadowlands that we're going to, the, the, the places in the Shadowlands that we're going, do seem to be Azeroth-specific. But that doesn't mean that the Shadowlands are Azeroth-specific. And I, I think they said that they weren't Azeroth-specific. Like, it's yeah. all over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's just... I mean, I you know we know that there are other realms of death out there. Um, we know that there was at least one realm of death that touched on on not Draenor but Outland because Outland had these like you know ghostly um, I can't remember the Terra the Terracoa no not Terracoa what Terracoa Arakoa, yeah yeah there were there were ghostly Arakoa who were trying to summon an old god into into Outland they were already dead and they were still trying to do it so it's really complicated. And I don't think any there's any established lore answer. That being said, I suspect that the Jailer does predate Azeroth. That is my assumption at this time. Until I'm given actual lore to go on, my assumption is, is that the Jailer and the Arbiter predate Azeroth. I feel like Azeroth represents some kind of opportunity for the Jailer that they didn't have previously. Because the whole yeah, I... deal with Odin and everything else, Azeroth's just kind of unique in and of itself because it's the only one that was kind of quote-unquote fixed as far as with the old god corruption and everything that went on with it. Everything that's happening on Azeroth is weird. This doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about, but you just made me think about the fact that Rathion is a microcosm of Azeroth. Yeah, yep. he is. And that he is the only black dragon the only Earth-linked dragon to have been uncorrupted in the same fashion that Azeroth herself was fixed, you know. But in, her, in Azeroth's case, since the old gods are like infections to her, they're like parasites, they weren't removed because it would have done too much damage. So that's interesting to think about. That has nothing to do with the old, with the uh, Shadowlands or the Arbiter or the 
jailer. No, but it's one of those things that I've thought about before where it was like Gratheon had this strange kind of correlation to Azeroth because he is as much a Titan forged as anything else. We messed around with Titan technology and we made him. We didn't know what we were doing necessarily. It was all based on the experiments of one lone goblin out there in the Badlands, but it worked. And who's to say what the product of that actually is going to do? You know what I mean? Yep. But again, I could make up some stuff, but no, we have no idea. Okay. That's what about thing, you, Joe? You going got back to this, Oops, sorry. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Going. Go ahead, Rossi. No, I I don't think anything I was going to say was all that important. Go ahead, Joe. Okay. I was going to say, I mean, I'm, I think I'm misremembering some of the interviews or there could be one of those things where I think some of it might be internal miscommunication because I'm pretty sure that they said Shadowlands existed well before Azeroth, um, but I can't find it. So I can't really, I can't verify that. I'd have to go back and look. But like Rossi said, anything we say is going to be pure speculation. We don't know when everything spun up. We don't know if this was, you know, been around since the birth of the universe. We do have an idea that this spans more than Azeroth as far as what it touches, because we've seen that to a small degree and heard of it to a small degree. Um, but we don't know when it started. And as far as like Rossi said about being eternal, he's absolutely right. Just because something's eternal, it could have a start point. It doesn't mean it was always there. Um, but I mean, for me, look at Karazhan. We don't know yeah. when that happened. Car- Karazhan, but the it's always been around. Backwards, weirdly, the backwards time traveling place. Um, to me, the interesting thing is going back to that sort of root idea of way back in the day of Blizzard, all of their worlds basically shared the same creation story. Diablo, World of Warcraft, everything sort of had like the same God split himself in half and, you know, tried to purge himself and blah, 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 blah. This is sort of like that for me in which they're finally coming back to this idea that was long abandoned from the original orcs versus humans and all that stuff. Uh, when they first started talking about, you know, the light and God and, and and how that worked in Azeroth way back when, and sort of picking it up and saying, these are pieces that sort of, why would they have made sense back then? Why would those people at that time believe that and sort of making it work? So, like, the idea of the Jailer and the Arbiter being eternally linked is kind of an interesting one for me, because I've always been wondering when they were going to do something like this. And this is it. So I think we'll see more of, you know, how exactly long the Shadowlands have been around as we progress through. We're going to see the places where, you know, Hakkar was. We're going to see the places where um, Wezala lives, which is another god of death that we haven't really talked about a whole whole heck of a lot for a very long time, I think, since Vanilla. Um, But, like, we're going to get all of that stuff and we're going to see. I suspect that it's been around a very long time and my guess would be that it probably predates as for me i think it always kind of goes back to that cosmology chart which i know is like (laughs) we're dealing with possible unreliable narrators or what have you and we probably shouldn't take that thing as much as gospel as we have been but for me the cosmology chart always read outwards to in so you had light and void on the very outermost parts and those kind of came together and made a thing and then you have that ring and then you have another inner ring and in the dead center that's where Azeroth and Draenor and all the other planets and reality as we know it um with our as with regards to our characters that that all came into being but before that all came into being those outer rings had to be created 
So I feel like the Shadowlands probably predates Azeroth. I don't know by how much, but I feel like for me, and again, this is all speculation because we don't have like a solid answer to this or not. Um, but that's how I feel about it. I don't, I don't know about you guys. I, I try to be a little bit less militant about the cosmology chart, given that we do know that, you know, unreliable narrators be. may be involved. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think we have to be, and we've been, we've been shown that time and time again. I mean, just yeah. look at... Look at the stuff surrounding the discs of uh, Norganon, Loken, like, <laughs> and all of that. Yeah, yeah. Like we we ta we've talked about that a lot. Like even when you know something, you don't actually know it in this world because something could change. It could be like you said, the unreliable narrator. It could be something that was messed with by somebody, uh, or some intentional misinformation. Uh, what was it? The or it could be that we just didn't get like. We got the whole story. we got enough of what we wanted to know, but we didn't get what we really mm -hmm. needed to know to comprehend. Yeah, and that happens. and I mean, it does. It absolutely happens. How many times has Bron told us something that was absolutely definite that turned out that it was just just what he saw? Yeah, you know, like it, that's just how it is. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I hope that helps kind of clarify things a little bit, Anthony. Um, we're going to go ahead and go to the next email here, though, and this one is from Tadedra who has two questions and we're going to go ahead and answer them one at a time. Cause the first one's actually pretty extensive and might take some like doing on our part. Um, so, uh, Tadedra says, hello guys, I've got two questions and I'm hoping for some insight. First question with the level squish in Shadowlands, what are good quote unquote lore paths to take in Azeroth? This might be a question you might consider answering over time with the level squish. I'm assuming 40 levels, five zones. So what path should I take if I want a quote unquote complete story? Example, after Chromie, we enter the Barrens, going to Ashenvale, to Stone Talon, to Desilus, Silithus, because of such and such story thread is through these zones. I'm not asking for one true path, but multiple lists with each zone being checked off at least once. Maybe you might consider offering one a month to launch. <laughs> and this is, this is, uh, Something that you guys actually might want to consider. I don't know. It sounds like an interesting idea to me. Um, anyway, they said, or having a theme storyline like lore on all the pirates or by faction or all the storylines for the harpies or the centaur. Sorry, this question's so long. I'm not good at keeping it simple. It's okay to Dedra. Um, I'm going to go ahead and boil it down to something simple. If somebody wants to take a chunk of like, say, five zones for leveling in Shadowlands and they want like a good concentrated lore story arc to take where would you guys send them where where would you think it'd be most worthwhile to send them i think it's fundamentally going to be not capable of doing that with what they talked about doing with the shadowland leveling experience you think because well the level squish is one thing the leveling experience is something that has to be considered in this too they're making yeah. it so that pick an expansion and you level through that expansion completely well, you so can still just... go to original wow though you yeah. could you can and there's several different threads in original wow and you don't have to stay in an expansion. Yeah. They've said this much. You can hop between them. Well, I guess what I was trying to say is, like, this is a unique opportunity, though, that we haven't had in a long time, mm -hmm. at least from my perspective. Um, I don't think just saying individual lore paths, like, they're great, and you can definitely pick out individual quest chains and things like that. But I think this this presents a unique opportunity to experience, especially the original content or, you know, I, not even original content because you can't anymore. It's not. Um, but to experience like the expansion content as almost like an at level experience. From beginning to end. Yeah. And because a lot of those, like 
all of the stories contained therein are fantastic. All of the lore threads in there which are fantastic. One, which one would you recommend, though? Like, which out of out of the giant list of expansions and expansion storylines and that kind of thing, what would you pick to send somebody on? I would tell them to go to Mists. Yeah? I, I think Mists has some of the more interesting plot lines just because it pulls on some old ones, brings some new ones, and now having our understanding of what we just went through going through those quests now because i just did this it it makes you look at them in a completely different way and mm. so it's it was almost like a new experience for me with the information i have from battle for azeroth and from what we know from shadowlands going through those and seeing some of those threads like we've been talking about with like dark animus and and things like that i think it's well worth the time of a player to go through and level Miss through that Pandaria has just got a beautiful story anyway oh yeah okay rossi what about you cataclysm really yeah, and here's why. I was going to say, explain. St- well, first off, Cataclysm is a lot better than people give it credit. Okay. But more importantly, you will now be able to, say, go at level 10 and do, say, well, we'll use Vashir. You can go do Vashir, and that'll probably get you to level 30 or something. But you can then go do vanilla stuff, which isn't vanilla. It's Cataclysm stuff. So you can do some Cataclysm things, and then you can go back and see what the Cataclysm is doing to Azeroth. And then you can go do more Cataclysm stuff, and then you can go back again and see, oh, here's another zone that Cataclysm has, has completely messed up. Like, imagine if you did Hyjal, and then you or you could basically go and do Darkshore, and you could do all the Darkshore, and you'd see all the effects of the Cataclysm, and you'd get up to the part where where Lady Vosh, not Lady Vosh, my sorry, Ashara shows up and taunts uh, Malfurion. And, and says, then you could ha I'm distracting yeah. you from Hyjal. And then you can immediately go do Hyjal. Ah. Now that's a good you idea. Between them, you could basically use these together to actually get the complete picture of the cataclysm that you couldn't get at the time because they set it up so that half the cataclysm stuff was in leveling from one to sixty, and then you had to get through all this other stuff just to get back to cataclysm around level eighty. So yeah, you can actually now you could pick like we'll use that. Here's a path I would pick: Darkshore to Hyjal from Hyjal. I would send you to like the Blasted Lands or the Burning Steps, one of the places that Deathwing just absolutely messed up. Then Badlands would... because Rathion. Yeah, Badlands because yeah. Rathion. Yep. Then I would send you from there to Deep Home because now you get to see exactly what he did. Like this is where he's been. This is what his planning has been. Then when you get done with Deep Home, that becomes now. I think I'd go to Feralis so you could see the whole like you know. The, the night elf stuff, the things like what's changed, what's going on. You know, there, there's lots of stuff there that you could look at. Uh, the green dragon stuff would be there. And so I would do through that. And then I would probably go do Vashir because you've seen, you'd already seen Lady Vash once. So you'd have Vashir and you'd get the complete experience. Well, you saw Honestly, Ashara once. Sorry, Ashara. I keep saying Ashara. Uh, yeah. But you'd see more of what the Naga have been up to. Yeah. yeah and mm-hmm. then you would go from there. Uh, I would probably go, I'm trying to think. Uh, I would probably try to avoid Oldham, honestly, because I didn't really like yeah. the story in Oldham. Oldham but... Half of Oldham was really good, and the other half oh, yeah. was kind of an on-the-rails story chain. But then you could do that. You could just go do that half of Oldham that you liked, and then you could go pop over to – I'm trying to think of a really good zone. Uh, probably um, Tanaris. Actually, do Tanaris first and then do Oldham. Do yeah, Tanaris, then do Oldham. Because that'll that'll tie back into Badlands too. Because if you did old like if you did, uh, is it Olduar? No, Oldaman over in Badlands. 
while you're yeah. out there, then that mm -hmm. kind of ties into what's going on in Oldham and Tenaris and that. Yeah. So you could basically you could do a you could do a best a biggest uh, like a greatest hits quest just popping between the two between like Cataclysm. That's actually a really cool idea, and I hadn't thought about applying it that way until you said that. Yeah, because that way you could basically finally see it all rather than just some of it as you level and then some of it at max level. You could finally level through all of it and see it all happening. Uh, and definitely I would want to do the Twilight Highlands at some point, uh, but I'd probably want to do the zones. Like, like I guess the Wetlands connects directly to the Twilight Highlands because that's where the Grimbatal gateway is. So do the Wetlands. The Wetlands does, yeah, to a degree. Do the, do the stuff in Wetlands that involves the dragons, then pop into Twilight Highlands and do that zone. And you'd get a, a decent picture of Deathwing and the dragons interaction and what's going on in Grim Batal. So yeah, With the Bastion but, of Twilight and all of that's that. That's just that's just one idea. But that's that's something I would do. Basically, what I'm saying is instead of trying to like, I would basically instead of trying to find like a bunch of zones for like you know quests, I try to find stuff that has like that leads into each other, not necessarily directly. Like another possibility would be to do one of the things I've always. This has nothing to do with uh with cataclysm but one of the things I, I miss is getting to do the original um like um uh, yeah blasted lands and getting to see the whole thing where you like you go to the dark portal and it's locked yeah and you just you know that's something you can't really do unless you were to go to do classic but you can go do the dark portal area and then you could go do warlords of draenor and you'd literally get to see when they came through and destroyed the Badlands. I mean, not the Badlands, the Blasted Lands. And then you'd get to see your reaction yourself going back through. So that's one possibility. But th there's a lot of contiguity here. Because from once, you, once, you, once you've leveled through once, because the first time you start on a brand new character, they're going to make you level through the most recent content. You're going to go through Battle for Azeroth. Yeah. So if you're like, like us, all of us have been playing for years, so we don't have to worry about that. But if you are starting up again and you haven't played in a while, one of the things to think about is all the stuff, the ways you can make stuff connect together. Like Joe mentioned doing mists. And that makes me think, imagine doing mists and like just like doing it like in pieces. Mm -hmm. Like you do the Jade Forest, but then you go back and you do some stuff in Azeroth and then you go back and you do, um, I want to say Kunlai Summit. And then you go back and do some stuff in Azeroth. You basically could get to see the Cataclysm events and then what's going on in this mysterious new place. You can, There's places to hop around. And that's one of the yeah. things I think I'm looking forward to the most is hopping around. I think for me, um, if I was going to recommend like a lore path to take, if I was going to recommend a lore path to take, I would say probably Burning Crusade because a lot of people haven't done Burning Crusade. We have a lot of people who are either they came in during Wrath or they came in during Cataclysm and they didn't necessarily play through Burning Crusade or if they played through Burning Crusade, it was like a zone or two and that was it. Um, Burning Crusade is actually really worth playing through, particularly if you like story, because there's some really good story moments in there. Some of them have been removed, yes, but not all of them. And I still like doing Shadow Moon Valley is an experience and it's something that you should totally experience um doing the grind for the nether wing is another one of those experiences where i'm like yeah you want to do that because it's just boatloads of fun but there's also a story going on on that strange floating rock and you're you know you get to be a part of it um the stuff that's going on in netherstorm there's a lot going on there everything about kale Thos's story is pretty fascinating throughout 
throughout the whole thing. Um, it's just, it's worth it. It's worth it to go back and play it. And I don't think that a lot of people give Burning Crusade as much credit just because they weren't there for it originally. And of course, you know, Wrath of the Lich King had a fantastic story. And how are you going to follow that one up, you know? Um, when you go from something like Burning Crusade to something like Wrath, where the stories are so much more cohesive and everything, you kind of forget about all of the good moments that Burning Crusade had. So for me, that's my recommendation, but that's just me. Um, I also really like Rossi's idea because the fact that you've got that opportunity where you could seriously, you could go do Dark Shore, get to the end where Ashara's all, haha, I was distracting you from Hydal, and then you can go to Hydal and fix stuff up there. Like, we haven't had that opportunity before, so that's actually really cool that we've got that opportunity to do that like at level when it's when it's like relevant and everything, and you can pick and choose your stories as you want to go. Because um, that's one of the things that I always kind of tend to forget is that when we say you know original World of Warcraft, we're not really talking about original World of Warcraft. We're talking about Cataclysm's version of the original World of Warcraft. And that's actually something I thought about a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, with the change they're making, uh, and I don't know how likely this is to happen. Uh, oh wait, this might actually tie in. This might actually to tie the into one. the next yeah. question. Okay. So let me ask the next question here. Oh, uh, so Tadedra's second question said: With Chromie being used for the quote-unquote expansion leveling, what would your feelings be about a pre-Cataclysm World of Warcraft? All the fun of finding Mankirk's wife of classic with all the quality of life from retail. Thanks for reviewing, Tadedra. Is that where you okay. were going? Yeah, I was just going to say, basically, that would be something I would be receptive towards. I, I don't... I, I'm, on, I'm on board. I've already said that I don't actually enjoy playing WoW Classic. Um, not that there's anything wrong with it. I did I did play it in beta and thought, you know, this is kind of fun for a while, but it's not my thing. And that's fine. But lore-wise, I would love to be able to get to see those stories again. Um, but I would like to get to see those stories again with stuff like better models <laughs> And my talent not being that and me getting to have Titan's grip. And from a story perspective, getting to make it part of what I'm doing. Like if imagine if you had that as your other, like you can level from one to 60 uh, in the cataclysm world, uh, or you can level the one to 60 in like any of these expansions, or you can level the one, one to 50. I should be saying one to 50. That's my bad. You can level one to 50 in classic. Wow. And that would be fine for me. I would think, and I wouldn't have any problem with it and it wouldn't, by reintrodu- by reintroducing that stuff, what do you really end up reintroducing? Um, you you'd reintroduce some really interesting moments that are just plain gone. Like if you ever helped a friend get the uh, the staff, the legendary staff. There's a moment where you go inside Stratholme and you fight a unique demon that yeah. you can't fight anymore. No, mm-hmm. he's just plain gone, and that's just it's really interesting and it's really cool. And there's a lot of stuff like that that I would love to be, to be able to get to do in the main game again. Um, uh, I think it, you could reintroduce 40-person Nexramas and let people actually see what that was like. Um, I, just, I, don't, I don't know how to put it. It's just it's something I think would be really great in terms of, like, a lot of people don't understand that there was, like, story stuff that led directly into Wrath of the Lich King in the original game. Yeah. And that stuff isn't there anymore, so people don't get to see it. Like, nobody sees Bolvar anymore. No. And that whole quest chain was so good, and it really introduced Bolvar as a character and set him up to be somebody that people completely... Like, we were mourning Bolvar when Rathgate happened. There's a tragedy, happened. yeah. 
there's a tragedy to what happened to him that people today don't get that players today do not ever get to experience. I don't mean that they don't get it because they don't understand it. I mean, it's literally not given to them. They mm-hmm. don't see it. Um, the Horde players don't get to see what the Horde was like before Garrosh was war Heck, chief. look at Tyrion Fordring. You don't get to see Tyrion Fordring's origins anymore. Yeah, I mean, and I think to a degree, these these tra- this is a tragedy for the game's story. Because to a certain degree, this is, this is a game that's been around for 15 years, as it's, you know, this year is the celebration of that. But players who've come up after Cataclysm don't know half of that story. You know, I mean, there's a solid 10 years of the game that they've, they're, they're, they're everything they got now is from, it's like from 10 years ago. Every, the original five years are just plain gone. Like, you, you don't get to see it. And even the stuff that's still there, like the Wrathgate's gone. Mm-hmm. That's like there's lots of stuff that I think should be reintroduced, not just classic WoW either. Like the Wrathgate should be put back in. There should be a lot of stuff put back in that that's currently unavailable, has been removed, has has been changed. And I, I definitely think that you could do that. You could have classic be part of it. Absolutely. Uh, I my biggest problem with, with WoW Classic isn't WoW Classic. It's the fact that I did those rules. I didn't like WoW before it got fixed. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's my thing. I don't want to play it. It's not as good it's like, a game. Is it hard mode? Yes. Do we want to play hard mode? Not really. It's not even <laughs> hard mode. We, we did that already. It's, it's time consuming. Yeah. yeah it's, so... it's a grind. And the funny you know, thing is, is that is that in comparison to EverQuest, WoW was often called easy mode. Like oh, yeah. Classic, I, classic, I... classic was considered super easy by the EverQuest players, if that gives you any idea what EverQuest was like, you guys. My, my, yeah. gnome, my gnome necromancer in EverQuest would agree. Yeah. Um, Look at what's happening right now. And again, this isn't really lore, so I want to move back to lore as quick as possible. But if you want to tell me that, that the game is, was harder then, look at how the exact same Ultraic Valley is being clown shooed by players nowadays. Modern players playing WoW Classic are clown shooing AV. Mm-hmm. Because the AV that they're getting is too easy for them. It's and just, that's, that's because it. they they know better. They know more. Yeah. We all know and more. To make it, to, but, but the thing is, is at the same time, I don't ever want to see that Ultrak Valley go away because no. Drekthar's in it and Van, Van, Vandar's in it. I want to see those guys. I want to, their yeah. story's not to fade out. That's one of the things that the, having Wild Classic around, at least people get to see that story again. And, and there's lots of stuff there. Like, the Cataclysm Darkshore is incredibly emotionally impacting, but only if you know about pre-Cataclysm Darkshore. Only if you know what the place was before Deathwing screwed it up. And nowadays, and wouldn't you don't. it be kind of cool if you could use Chromie to see pre-Cataclysm Darkshore, then play through post-Cataclysm Darkshore, and then play through Legion Darkshore? That would be yes. amazing. That would be great. That would or be not Legion Darkshore, uh, Battle for Azeroth but, Darkshore. No, exactly. I knew what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but like what 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 this person what what uh to 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 Daedra is uh discuss, the bringing up in their second question here is what I've wanted since they announced that they were going to bring classic WoW back. Yeah. It's because I like you guys I think it's something that should be an option to be experienced but I want the modern conveniences in it for me because there are things that I would love to go back and see. I'd love to go back and take pictures of the Furbolgs. Uh, sitting in front of the gray main wall and get their dialogues because they had dialogue back then. You can't do that anymore, but they used to be there because there, there was no, you know, Gilneas. There was just a wall there. Um, I'd love to be able to go through a lot of those classic stories and those quests and those, and, and 
get some of those items that are no longer available that had some interesting flavor text associated with them. Because that's another thing we, we often overlook, too, is how many items have flavor text with them or yeah. interesting things that are on those items in general. And they can tell parts of those stories as well. But some of them are just gone. They're just gone forever. And while I want to go experience some of that again and relive some of that and take some screenshots from some of those those times gone by, I don't have the time to grind most of the time to get there. So give me the modern conveniences. Let me experience it like they were saying via Chrome. Give it as a, a pre-cata option. It, I think it would be fantastic. I think like so. Here's, was here's my question: If they if they did a pre uh, a pre cataclysm WoW as a leveling option, how would you approach things like monks and demon hunters and death knights? And how would you approach different races that didn't exist back then? I mean, it would be fourth wall breaking a little bit. I or guess. would you put like a disguise on them so they look like a regular character or? I mean, you could, but also some of these races did exist. Like Pandaren were characters that existed in small quantities mm -hmm. before Classic WoW ever released. Death Knights were around, just not exactly in good guy flavor. At the Is time. it one of those situations where you feel like it would be behoove them to just say, oh, we're just going to have everybody kind of gloss over the fact that you're playing a Death I, Knight and Death Knights didn't exist back then? I think so. Because maybe everybody looks at it. you and instead of seeing a death knight, they just see a warrior or, that does some really weird stuff. Or I think well, the, I mean, answer, right the answer is right. In, I was going to say the answer is right in the question, though. Chromie. Chromie just sends you back. Experience I mean, what happened. Yeah. Look, look at right now. Like right now, if you play, say, a Maghar orc and you then level up from 20 on, you're, there were no Maghar orcs in any of those places. Yeah, mm -hmm. That's true. Like, what, you know, um, I'm playing a Maghar orc monk. What? What are you? Uh, welcome to Razor Hill, strange orc who punches things. I don't understand what <laughs> happened. You know, no one. You, once you start going on the, but they didn't have those back then. No, nah, so what? Don't care. Um, there's a, there's a lot. You, don't worry about the technicalities. That, just enjoy the story. You're already yeah. in that. You're already there. You're already in that right now. Playing World of Warcraft right now. If you play a Nightborn, and I know you did level a Nightborn. You're taking your Nightborn out to all these places. It's where... super weird, yeah, because they're yeah. all like, hello, Nightborn. I'm like, how do you know who I am <laughs> or what Greetings, I am? Nightborn. You know, oh, no, we got the pamphlet here from the Horde. New things you need to know. Uh, you know, so it's kind of like I'm already playing a, like, you know, I'm playing a Nightborn. Uh, I'm playing a, a, like a, a Nightborn as it is, So, or I'm playing a Demon Hunter. Everyone's totally okay with my Demon Technically, Demon Hunters existed, but you know what I mean. You're playing a Blood Elf Demon Hunter. And you're going through like you know all this old content, and it doesn't the, the cataclysm stuff. They didn't have any demon hunters. You in the take cataclysm. a blood elf demon hunter and take them through like burning crusade, where all of the demon hunters are fighting for the other side. Yeah, but everybody's and, okay with you. Yeah. So my my thing is, it, it's already there. It's already baked in. Don't worry about it. Just do it. Yep. Don't don't use don't let that stop you from from just putting the original content somewhere. You know, if you you could have. We're already going to basically have all these sliders that allow us to just level from 10 to like 50 in any, you know, if between Cataclysm, Original World, and any of the expansions, I say just slap on the Original World of Warcraft as another option and call it a day. Okay. Don't, don't worry well, about it. I'm going to take a break from the email list here because I actually, um, I had a queue question. I was doing the queue earlier and I had a queue question pop up and it kind of um, started a train of thought where I was thinking about weird things and I kind of wanted to get you guys' thoughts on this. 
Um, they were asking if Voss could still use the Valkyr to raise people, or were they still like, or did they disappear when Sylvanas did? And I started thinking about it because my answer was, well, yeah, they're bound to Sylvanas, so wherever she goes, they go. It's sort of like a My Buddy doll or something. Anyway, um, that sort of sent me on track where I was thinking about it, and I'm like, wait, so that means there's no new Forsaken. Because the new Forsaken were being created by Valkyr. But if the Valkyr are bound to Sylvanas and they're going with her, then what's creating new Forsaken? Is there anything creating new Forsaken? Is there anything that could create new Forsaken? Hmm, now we're in a pickle. So, you guys got any thoughts on that, Joe? Oh, we got a vat full of this stuff back here. Don't worry about it. We we got I, this thing. I was... it, there's definitely the vat option, but I mean, it's also, if we're talking about moving forward... There's the Kalia factor. We don't know what she can do. Yeah. We don't know what she as a light forged forsaken is capable of doing or channeling or what that is. I, there's ways that I think that they can. Do you think Kalia would want to make more forsaken? That is a very, very good question. I have no idea because part of her wants to see her people rise again. And she's even talking about learning to feel for them. And, and you know giving them hope and, and stuff like that but also she doesn't want them to be monsters because well she lived through that so i don't know that's a really good question what do you think rossi besides the vat why? option why do we need more forsaken yeah that's that's my question but the thing is is somebody forsaken lasts somebody a really rolls a new forsaken yeah but they roll a new forsaken and they start at the beginning oh oh what? oh sorry i'm just reminded about something when you are a new Forsaken, and I, because I just rolled one not too long ago, there's even the statement of, oh, hey, we didn't know if you were going to wake up or not. This could have all been people that were there or Forsaken that were set in motion like ages ago and just didn't, the, the magic didn't kick in yet or whatever the enemy they're still, was. They're mm-hmm. still, they're still quote unquote baking. Yeah, exactly. Because, and that's already established in the game. There you go. With some really old baking powder in there. Weren't necessarily oh, hey. sure if you were going to rise or not. <laughs> you, you, you're walking by like the best part is like you're walking by a graveyard so they oh hey someone's up wow dude you took a while uh, that, uh. that's kind of what happens <laughs> <laughs> glad to see the yeast finally kicked in anyway okay all right well it was just one of those questions that i had because i was like if in the event that they had to like redo that starting experience, like what if Sylvanas is just gone or whatever, like what, what is that going to do? Are they going to ever address that kind of stuff? And it it just kind of made me wonder. I'm like, huh, huh, huh. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to be affected. And I feel like they're leading up to something with the whole Kalia thing. Obviously the Kalia and Derek thing are kind of important, but like, where's that going to go? We don't know. Yeah, We haven't, we haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, anyway, uh, next email is from Tagreth, who is a guardian of Cenarius, um, who says, Hello, you amazing folk. Tagreth, the sneaky heel of tree, Shandris here. So this has probably already been thrown past you, and they're talking about the whole, um, oh, the whole premonition thing about the hour of her third death. We mm-hmm. all know what they're talking about here. Anyway, he said, but this bit could be Sylvanas because at the hour of her third death when she fell to Godfrey, that's when she made her pact with the jailer. This sparks the entire event that sets Nazoth free. Could this also be the reason why the night elves who died during the War of Thorns would choose to serve Sylvanas when the offer was made to serve her or become fodder for the jailer? Why not serve the one that killed you and your loved ones, knowing you would probably receive your final death when the other option could mean fueling an even worse fate for the ones you love that yet still live? I would greatly love to hear your thoughts on this. Cheers. 
I don't think Sylvanas goes around telling everybody that gets raised all her plans like that. No, I don't think that she does. I think that when somebody dies, they get a flash of what happens after they die. And then when they're brought back, it's like, oh, I'm not at that place wherever it was. Yeah, I I think in general speaking, in terms of the, the, the Night Elves that turn to the Forsaken, I don't think it needs a lot of justification because here's the thing. Yes, Sylvanas is the one that killed them, but a lot of people, like, there's there's at least two that I can think of who express the option of, you know, Elune left us to this. They're angrier at Elune than they are at Sylvanas. Sure, Sylvanas is the cause of our deaths, but you didn't stop it. I spent my whole life believing in you, serving you, and you let this happen. And I'm going to make the point that even Taronda feels that way. Yeah. Taronda, who is the high priestess of Elune. And who just went and, and became the embodied the vengeance of Elune feels like Elune allowed this to happen and wants to know why. So she's if, not a happy camper. If the high priest of Elune feels that way, how much more so for people who weren't that connected to Elune, who were just night elves? I mean, I don't want to drag in real life stuff here too much, but I think anybody who's ever lost anyone or anything knows that feeling. That sense of why did this happen? Why was this allowed to happen? And some people break. I don't think, to a certain degree, Sylvanas's whole story is, I did everything my people asked of me. I did everything, and this is my fate. It's not fair. Like, going back to Sylvanas, that's a response. So it's not that surprising that other people might have that same response. They might feel like, well, death is inevitable. Life is pointless. So you, you, there is... Sure, she killed me, but so what? It was going to happen anyway. There's a whole thing when you do the Warfront. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was, because I know it's uh, Maiev talking to her, but I can't remember the, the Horde one. Is it Syra? Syra. Yeah, Syra Moonwarden, I think. Yep. And Syra's like, you know, this place is, you know, this place is Forsaken. Elune has forsaken us. And that's why they're willing to join the Forsaken, because they feel Forsaken. I think there is an interesting point brought up in the question, though, too, that might be a factor that also contributes to that. And maybe it's not just, be, you know, the idea of becoming this fodder for, you know, fueling the maw. But what if the, the, the elves that were dying during that, they weren't seeing what they were told they would see? They weren't being reunited with their ancestors or becoming one with the loon or whatever was promised to them. And all they're seeing is darkness. It just goes to further fuel that Elune has abandoned them, right? When they so died, if... there was nothing. There was no Elune. There was yeah. nothing. There's no light. There's no Elune. There's no peace. And we know that Torghast, from what we've been described, is a place of torture. It's it's hell, essentially, right? So if that's what they're seeing, that's what they're being subjected to, and they're given the offer of coming back and fighting against you know, the what has forsaken them, what has left them to this fate, I mean, I could honestly see that that being a factor now. And I didn't think about that until I this question. Yeah, if they died and that's what they saw when they died, no wonder they came back bitter. No wonder. And it would explain some of the things that Sierra Moonwarden and them say. Yeah. Too. There's there's nothing there. There is no embrace of a loon. There is no eternal whatever. It's just hell. (laughs) It's just that. That's that's all it is. (laughs) <laughs> and no wonder they thought Elune abandoned them. Elune didn't just abandon them to like having the tree burnt and all this other stuff. Elune abandoned them after they died. Everything. Like there's, it's just not there. So no wonder. Yeah. That kind of makes sense. Okay. 
Um, our last email here, this one is um, from SOE Roa, who has a question about a character that I still want to hear more about, even though they are long gone. Um, so SOE Roa here. I'm playing catch up on older episodes of Lore Watch, and I just finished the many paths of the infinite episode. Whoa, way back. So we're going way back, guys. Um, and they said, I had a bit of a conspiracy theory moment when you were all talking about Kairos and the vision of time. People considered Kairos to be something of a disappointing waste when he was built up only to be stabbed in the back and murdered before he really did anything other than delivering Garrosh. But now I'm wondering if there is more to it. He said he would be infinite. He turned his back on a known honorless orc and he got stabbed with the vision of time, which was later used to help connect back to our Azeroth, so it obviously still had powers. Is it possible that this was part of Kairos's plan and in being stabbed with the vision of time, he did become infinite in a manner of speaking, where his spirit was split into multiple fragments and strewn throughout the timeways. We fought his spirit in the legendary chain in Warlords of Draenor, along with Chromie, so he wasn't totally dead dead. Perhaps he now exists in several timeways, and it strained his mind enough that he's a little mad. I'm wondering if this were the case, perhaps he's the one who's targeting Chromie in the Deaths of Chromie scenario. Maybe he could still be the genesis behind the rise of the infinite dragonflight, and why they are targeting our Azeroth. What do you think? I love Kairos. I thought he was a fascinating character, and I thought that there were a lot of questions that were left unanswered with him, and this actually kind of explains a little bit of that in, in a manner that I hadn't really thought about. Has this jogged anything in you guys? Let me put it this way. The thing I've always thought about Kairos is, despite the fact that the vision of time was broken, it worked to create the portal back to Azeroth. Yeah. And specifically a portal back to an Azeroth that was 30-something years out of sync with that Draenor time-wise. And to me, that makes me think of one thing. What is What are Bronze Dragons' blood? What are they good at? What do Bronze Dragons do? Regulates the time-wise. So maybe you could kill one and use it to power a time gateway? Like we've Where is Kairos' body? It's on Draenor. Yeah, but where? Like We go at one point and we, t- we talk to his ghost. If you're doing the legendary Out there chain, in the Grand, yeah. His body isn't there. No, it's not. Where is his body? Good does question. his body does his body stay an elf body when you stab it with something? No, shouldn't. So where is this giant dragon corpse? Good question. No, that's just something I've been thinking about ever since. I kinda I don't like know the idea the... of him dissolving into these fragments that are just like scattered. Yeah, and that's certainly that thing one way that to he was him. That thing that he was stabbed with, we still don't know exactly what the Vision of Time was completely capable of. We don't even really know exactly. We know what he made the 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 sand in it out of. Yeah. But we don't know what he made it out of. No. Mm. Like where like where did he get that wisdom? Like did does Dormu just casually tell all of his followers, by the way, if you ever need to make something that will completely screw with time? Here's how to do it. But don't do it. But you know what I'm saying? That's like, that's not a really great thing to be doing. If it's you're just like a big, the... like, manual of things. And on the front of it, it says, do not do these. <laughs> yeah. Or, for that matter, was he already in contact with Murazond? Maybe. Because he's, you, he, they show up, when they show up to free Garrosh, they do so on infinite dragons. Yeah. And we don't and know what the process of becoming an infinite dragon really entails, honestly. And here's another thing. When we do that, that's the last time we see infinite dragons in any context related to warlords. Yeah. There mm-hmm. are no infinite dragons there. 
you'd think there'd be some what with it being like a weird alternate timeline not only aren't there there are no infinite dragons there there's not even any infinite dragons when the horde goes back there when it's now caught up to 30 years there's just no infinite dragons ever they're just no. not really they're not involved and here's an absolutely strange one what if there weren't a bunch of infinite dragons at at the uh, temple of the white tiger what if there was just one infinite dragon repeatedly time hopping back there to let another person ride it again and it was all Kairos. Yeah. And what if, for that matter, the reason he allowed himself to die is because as an infinite dragon, he was already, like, that time was already over. Maybe that was the end of his life. Ooh. Like, not the middle of it, not with all this. What if he's out there right now because he's still alive and the the, the, the Kairos that died on We Tranor... still haven't seen that part of the vision with Sora Dormi. Nope, mm-hmm. we haven't. We don't know what's going on with that. So mm. it's very possible Murzond... That might have been Murzond after multiple time hops. That might have been a much older, like a much older Kairos. That we do you, you know. think that Kairos might actually be responsible for the deaths of Chromi thing? Uh, maybe, but I I think the deaths of Chromi thing is even weirder than that because it always is with Chromi. I think Chromi yeah. is going to end up. I, I'm I'm almost positive Chromi is going to end up being the one trying to kill Chromi. Why? Like though? older, bitter Chromie. Because it's an older, bitter Chromie who tried forever <laughs> to preserve time and it didn't work. Oh. Yeah, but there's like lots of possibilities. But Do you think maybe there's an infinite Chromie out there somewhere? Joe? I kind of don't want there to be. Yeah, um, I know, right? But it, 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 does, it does beg a question, right? And this goes back to, the, to the, the little statement I made earlier. We don't know how an infinite dragon is born. We know that they're corrupted but we don't know how, what it entails, if it's just... We see, like, if you go through the Stratholme scenario and you don't make it to the end in time to stop what's going on, you can actually stand there and watch sure. One be a bronze dragon born. be born into an infinite dragon. So you can see what happens. But why it agreed to do that? Or why is there an agreement involved with that? Like, was it did, it, did that happen against its will? Or... Is it literally just imagine if it's insulated outside of time, where for it from its perceptive perspective, it's lasting forever until it breaks. Yep. Mm. Until it finally agrees to become an infinite, it just languishes there forever and ever and ever. And they have all the time they need because they can just freeze time. Yeah. So they can keep you in a pocket of time where it feels like forever until you finally crack. But what and if? It, I was gonna say, I, th- I think that th- you're onto something there, though, too. Like, but what if it's also showing them the infinite over and over and over again? Because one of the things, that, like, if these are old god corrupted or void corrupted dragons, which we've yeah. been positing, well, we know they're old god related, but we don't know, we don't know who, and we don't know what they did exactly. Mm, but what if no, it's literally just exposing them to? You're talking about the infinite, which is making me think of what we've already talked about, about the void, which I'm sure is where you're going. Yes, is exactly where I'm going. Okay, well, let him go there. I want to hear this. But it's it's the idea that the void sees all path. And isn't that anathema to the bronze dragon flight? The bronze dragon flight was created to maintain one vision, one path, one timeline, one roadway. Yeah. Through the universe of time and space. What if that corruption is literally cracking that perception pulling off the blinders and forcing them to see everything see all the things like you could you could it's it's like it's not just one true time way look yeah exactly 
but it's like you could do a job and not see the other things like working in tech or things like that you can kill processes you can you know route mail and you don't know what's in those packages you don't know what's in those processes you don't know what's in those those email but once you're exposed to once you go into it then you know right so they're doing this job dutifully and that corruption just comes along and says no but look look at all these things look down this path that you're pruning look what could happen look what is a possibility look Look at this. There is no one look true what, path. All of this is valid. Look what things you're taking away. And then that's what breaks. And going back to that, I could potentially see that being something that happens to Chromie because Chromie sort of been exposed to that a little bit, hasn't she? Even with the many deaths of Chromie, like those are variable timelines. She's looking at them. Yeah. She's watching them. She's observing them. She's not pruning them. We're going back and doing the thing. But these are things that could happen and she's cognizant of it when we go back. That's how we gain rep with her. That's how we, you know, complete these tasks and get our rewards for her is because she's watching us the entire time. Well, now she's being exposed to things that could happen. She's being exposed to all these different realities that could be. So Rossi might be right. There could be Chromie in the future going back and saying, none of this worked because it wasn't right. I'm going to go kill myself now. Sweet. Uh... And also, there's <laughs> also to think about one of the things that I've never forgotten I always think about the Black Morass dungeon. Yup, yep, yep, yep. Oh, God, yes. When, when when you're doing that and the infinite Dragonflight show up, one of the things that's yelled is the time has come to shatter this clockwork universe forever. Um, and I've always thought about that in reference to the idea there's one true timeline. Time if is a prison. One, if there's one true timeline, you're stuck in it. Mm-hmm. You, and you can't, like, it's going to be what it is, and you can't do anything. So there's just always it just keeps getting to me it's like, no wonder the old it. gods of the void were able to corrupt the bronze dragon flight i mean that would legit be the easiest one to do beyond i mean when you look at it really naltharian was easy because he was he was master of that particular domain the deep below where they were all imprisoned so they could get to him really easy but what's the second easiest one the bronze why because the bronze are fixated on that one point but the void sees all points, so it's easy enough. Plus, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. But also look at it in terms of if you if you remember the Well of Eternity novels, yes, um, the the War of the Ancient Novels. Nosdormu is helpless before the, the the old gods. Like when when they create the time vortex, they trap him in it. Um, Nosdormu's power over time is makes him uniquely vulnerable to them screwing around with time. Because he he feels it keenly, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's that's what got him trapped. Uh, anytime you do a little thing, I mean, what's really weird to think about is that one thing I've never really been able to get around is we're in the universe where Ronin and Sarfang and went and Kyra and not Kyraz, um, holy heck, I Broxigar. can't remember his name now. Yeah, no, not Broxigar. Uh, it was Broxigar, Sarfang. It was Broxigar, Ronin, but also I can't remember the name of the dragon or Coriolstras. Thank you. Coriel Strauss went back in time. Crassus. But yes. We're, we're in the universe where they went back in time. This universe we're in right now is the universe created by them going back in time. That original universe never well, happened. Or yeah. it did, but it, we don't know it, what it is because we weren't yeah. in it. Yeah, we're not there. We're in the timeline where Ronan went back and showed Illidan how to do magic. We're in the timeline where Crassus went back and met himself. We're in the timeline where where Brox went back and injured Sar Sargeras. And, and you ex- see it in Legion when you do that whole um scenario thing. 
you see mm-hmm. Crassus flying in the in the sky with like you see you see all of that there reflection. Ronan's of it. talking. Ronan, yeah. you meet Ronan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, he's there. You talk to him. So you, we're in that universe that was altered by them, and we'll never know what what happened. Like we had before the 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 War of the Ancients novels, we had Warcraft. We had orcs versus humans. We had Sargeras use the orcs, uh, uh, you know, and, and the, the the Burning Legion used the orcs to invade. So we had our introduction to Ronan. But did does does that mean that when Broxigar injured Sargeras, that he gave Sargeras the idea to use the orcs? Because then, but that they already were used. So do, do you see what I'm getting? There's like, wibbly wobbly. It's paradoxical. Yeah, and that's perfect for the old gods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the old gods love paradox because paradox isn't contradictory to them. You know, we see a million, we 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 see a million faces and we rock them all essentially. They 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 don't care what path they're on as long as it's it's as long as it's not that path that those guys are on. That path we don't like. All these other paths are great. So there, yeah, I keep coming back to this. It's the, the the old gods' problem is that they don't foresee that any other path could still lead to the, the outcome that the other side wants. And that's also the problem with the light. The light and those that serve it, the, the Naru, don't understand that you could do a different thing and still get to the good ending. Yep. It's really kind of fascinating, too, because Ronin, as of the novel Day of the Dragon, in Day of the Dragon, they were still in that other timeline, in theory. Mm-hmm. And yep. at the beginning of the War of the Ancients... He's with a very pregnant Verisa, and at the end of War of the Ancients, he comes back to find that his children have been born. What else changed? Who knows? And that and that's the thing, right? Like, and, and Ronan's and dead, so the one guy who might possibly remember maybe we'll find him in the Shadowlands. <laughs> yeah, you joke. I'm expecting him to pop up. I want him to pop up super bad. That was um, I had last night. And- I had kind of an impromptu. Uh, session over on the Lost Codex because uh, Jesse from the Lost Codex he's he's he guessed it on here once. Um, he was doing a late night stream and I popped in just to say hi on Twitch and then he was talking about um, Constellar and some other stuff and I was like oh I have theories about that so he just he like went ahead and gave me a call on Discord and we had a nice chat and um... Funny, funnily enough that's how Lore Watch was originally born way back in the day <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But yeah, it was like it was one of those uh, uh, conversations where it was like we we were talking about all of this stuff and we were talking about uh, characters that we wanted to see in the Shadowlands and Ronan was on my list um, and then there were some other people that were on my list. Um, so I want to I want to go on the and I want to ask you both a question. Sure. Of the lands that we know that we're going to be visiting in the Shadowlands, so Maldraxxus, Ardenweald, Bastion, and uh, why can't I think of the last one? Did you say Maldraxxus already? I did. Uh, well, the Maw. Not the Maw. The 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 four player friendly one. I guess. Uh, uh Oh, okay. Um, so of those four, if Ronan was in one of those, where do you think he would wind up? I would throw him why? in Bastion immediately. He but gave why? his life in an act of service. Okay. Everything that he's done has been kind of an act of service. He didn't necessarily want to lead the Kirin tour. He did it because somebody had to. Okay. What about you, Rossi? Um, hmm. I don't really think he'd, he'd make sense for Revendreth or Maldraxxus because he doesn't really have pride or anything. He was a hothead in his life. 
but he didn't let it rule his life. No, he was a little bit full of himself, but he was still very pragmatic. Yeah. He didn't like, yeah. Was he proud? Sure. But he wasn't like crazy proud. He wasn't like, you know, no, I won't allow this. You know, um, he wasn't like Kael'thas who just wouldn't accept that he couldn't have everything he wanted. And he wasn't like a rage monster. Who, you know, he, he had his flaws. He was a human. He was a man. But yeah, I think Bastion is probably a pretty good place for him. Um, he he did he did die serving other people. He sacrificed himself to save other people's lives and to mitigate. You know, he knew I'm the only one who can do this. If you look at the point where he died, he realized there's two people in this room. One of us has to die because one of us has to be the one who pulls that bomb. So it will only get this place that's already destroyed. And it's not going to be her. So if it's her or me. I can't in good conscience make it be her. It has to be me. So I would say, yes, he's, he's, he's proved enough that he should be a bastion that he, he did, you know, his, his act of sacrifice was noble enough that bastion is a place he could go. Uh, if not bastion, I don't really see any other place that's, that's suitable for him. So I'm going to go with an oddball one out here too. Uh, Ardenwell? I think bastion. No, Mm-mm. I, so I, I think you both are, are are correct in that we will likely see him in Bastion. However, I think Maldraxxus might also fit him, and there's a couple of reasons why. Ooh, do tell. One of, one of the things that they made a point of saying is that not everyone who goes to Maldraxxus is evil, relentless, or warlike. While that is the majority of them, and those souls are converted into undead legions... They haven't really talked about the necromancers, the the necrolord covenant at the higher end of things, and they keep referring to it as the might of the Shadowlands, the military might of the Shadowlands. He was a very powerful sorcerer. He was an extremely powerful sorcerer who is not completely possibly done with the work he needs to do. And I could That's see him true. I could see him going here where there's this is a very heavy magic realm. This is something that he understands like you talk about his his sense of duty his 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 service to people to azeroth why not go with the military wing of the shadowland bastion is quasi-military but it's not one of the defining descriptors at least so far i could see him being a necrolord in a way of i have to fight i have to keep everyone i love safe still i don't get to rest yet I need this army, this power, this military might to cement their future. I could see him making that sacrifice again. And that's why I think Maldraxxus could fit him. You make some good points. I actually, you make some good points. He could fit in either one of those two. Yeah, like I said, I think you guys are, are, are correct in that, like, his sacrifice and his nobility will land him in Bastion. But personally, I think it'd be interesting if we roll up to Maldraxxus go through all these undead hordes and get to the Necrolords, the, these high arcane beings, and there's Ronan. Fighting I, the good fight, f- still. Fighting the good fight, sacrificing himself again to do what he knows he needs to do. I could see that. I would be content with Ronan is a really fascinating character that I think a lot of people, they don't give they him enough. on him. They don't yeah. give him enough credit. They call him like, you know, they're like, uh, he's just like a Mary Sue or whatever. Da, 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 da. He's not really. And if you go read Day of the Dragon, it's kind of fascinating to watch his journey between Day of the Dragon and the War in the Ancients trilogy. Because this is a guy who admittedly was a little bit full of himself and, and 
he got caught up in the middle of some stuff that was much, much bigger than he was and managed to come out on the other side of it. But at the same time, the sacrifices that he had to make and the things that he had to do, they weren't necessarily things that he wanted to do. He didn't want to leave the guarantor. He really didn't. He just wanted mm-hmm. to retire somewhere very quietly with his family and not do any of it. But he had to do it because somebody had to do it. And they came to him because obviously the ways that the Kirintor were operating beforehand, it wasn't working. They needed new blood. They needed somebody with a fresh perspective. And Ronan was the guy who best represented that. And he couldn't really argue with that once they put it in front of him that way. As much as he didn't want to do it. So he did it. Mm-hmm. And I just, I find his character really fascinating. I don't know. I don't know what you guys think about Ronan, but that's how what I think about I, Ronan. I, I started I love his up... raptor army. <laughs> yes, his raptor army was fantastic. It was People a thing think I'm being dreams. sarcastic when I say that. I'm like, no, no are you kidding me? If it I was could get amazing. myself a raptor army, I'd have one right now. I I started out in the the Mary Sue camp for, for Ronan way back when. And I think a lot of that has to do with my own personal... Um, Richard Knack and fantasy and me don't get along. <laughs> um, it, it, he's, he's a very specific type of fantasy writer. And sometimes it irks me a little bit when he goes into other ways and brings his ways in. Not that he's bad. He's definitely not. And some of like, he's written. I some think out of really his Warcraft books. stuff, I still think Wolfheart is probably the I would best, agree. The best was... thing that he's written. And I also think that his Diablo stuff is fantastic. Yes. Because he does grimdark really, really well. So and both well. Of those... And both of those books lean into the darkness. Um, so I definitely agree there. But like as time went on with Ronan, Ronan grew on. And at the end, I was actually sad he died. I was sad with everything that happened because he went from a character that I couldn't stand to a character that, like you said, he's interesting. He has depth. And aside from Cadgar and aside from Medivh, I think he would be the most likely one that would be able to help us because of his unique perspective, his unique position, and where he grew as a character before his demise. So I'm definitely in the camp of, I like him now. I like yeah. him a, lot, a whole lot now. And I, I mean, when I go back and I read Day of the Dragon again, because I do read it again every now and again, um, it really reminds me of very much a, a, a swashbuckler style, you know, D&D campaign. <laughs> because mm-hmm. <laughs> you've got the different characters and their different roles and everything like that and there's like a little bit of sorcery and a little bit of uh deception involved and a little bit of love story and a little bit of all that and it's just it's a it's a it's a good little romp i don't know i i just i liked it i thought it was great <laughs> it was a good introduction to the character and then of course you know there was all the stuff going on with Deathwing in the middle of all of it too which was pretty fascinating to read anyway that's going to go ahead and wrap us up for the show. Um, I haven't really said anything about it because I wanted to like get through the show, <laughs> I guess. Um, <laughs> for for those of you listening, this is going to be my last lore watch for a while. Um, I am taking a position as a his- assistant historian with Blizzard for a little while. Uh, I will be back. Don't panic. The show is going to be in good hands while I'm gone. Joe's going to take over hosting for me. Thank you, Joe. Um, well, thank you. And I'm absolutely sure that you're going to do a fantabulous job. And I'm sure that you and Rossi are going to still have tons of stuff to talk about. So it's in good hands, you guys. Don't worry about it. I will be back. (laughs) I just, I kind of wanted to like get through the show first and then address that so that I don't get all sniffly or weird or whatever. Anyway. um, How dare you have feelings? How dare Uh, me? How dare me? (laughs) This show's kind of my baby. (laughs) So I'm going to miss it a lot. Okay. Well, I'm... 
I'm, I'm going to promise you this, Anne, and I think Rossi can can get on board with this one. We're going to keep the wheels spinning, the engine running, and the seats warm for you when you get back. Please break this clockwork universe or whatever you need to do. <laughs> no, Blizzard... I mean, oh, sorry, go none ahead. Of us really, none of us really would have done this without you. Yeah. You're the one that got going me on board. You're the one who came up with the format. Everything we've done has been you. And well, yeah, yeah we, but we I mean, it wouldn't have happened wanna, without our crazy to... late night conversation. So, well, it, it, yeah, but even that's just, you. I was going to say know, you're I'm you're just, the central point. Saying, in, you're the central yeah. point, Anne. Like all, all I really want to say is that that we'll keep it. It will still be here and still intact when you go. Okay, back. all right. Yeah, that's really all I wanted to say. Okay. Anyway, after all of that. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Wow, I'm all teary-eyed. Sorry, guys. Okay, anyway. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. And I'm doing it again. I did it with the Blizzard Watch podcast. I'm doing it with this one. I'm very sorry, you guys. Um, final thoughts. Are you going to miss me? <laughs> I, I'm going to say yes, and I would like to add a whole lot of expletives to that, but I don't want to make you edit them out. Um, It'll just like be a string of pirate ghosts. <laughs> but, but like Rossi said, you were you were a central point to this. This this was conceived of those late night conversations, and I still remember the the Starting Zone podcast that I was guesting on, and you were in the audience, and that show was supposed to be an hour. And then oh boy. you went from the audience to on the podcast with me talking about lore. And that one hour show became a three hour show. And then afterwards you and I sat down and we talked and we said, we should do this. And I remember Mick Montgomery going, if you don't, you're crazy. And you go, <laughs> I'm going to go get Rossi. And then next thing you know, between those late night conversations and that, here we were. So yes, I'm going to miss you. I love you dearly. You are one of my best friends. And uh, this has been an honor doing this with you, and I can't wait to have you back to do it again. Okay, well, now I have to follow that. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Let me put it this way, because I'm not one, I'm not a tremendously effusive person, and I think we all know that. Um, but you and I, I remember when you came to work for the WoW Insider. Yeah. I'm just going to start using the name at this point. Um, and yeah, we can say it, we can invoke it now. I don't think AOL is even a thing anymore, so... There's still a thing, but don't. But they matter. don't care about that anymore. Uh, but you and you would come in to do know your lore, and I remember you had thought I would be weird because you had said something to that a couple of years later, and I remember we were talking just briefly uh, in Slack, and you said, "Yeah, I'm going to be doing know your lore," and I was like, "Wait, they'll let people do know your lore <laughs> again?" Because <laughs> I had pretty much ruined it, and you were like, "Yeah, I'm the, I totally wrote this," and you showed me the the, t the first tinfoil hat you ever wrote, which was the Aluna Zanara one, I think. If you wrote another one before, no, it was the one where I was talking with the stupid star map and all of that. Star oh, map. yeah, you yeah. showed me that. The old gods. I was, I was like, you can do those because I had written my first book, and that was basically my, my first book was that, but with real life history. So I was like, whoa, you can do that, and that's when we started talking and that was a lot of years ago now um i can't even 10 years in february yeah so <laughs> we've been doing this kind of thing since then uh, i honestly have a hard time imagining you not being around here mm -hmm. for that um but 
I am very glad you're getting to go do what you're getting to go do. I think that's wonderful. And I don't want to be the selfish person who's like, but what about me? And that's not who I am. And it's not what I'm going to say, but I am going to say that you have brought just so much to this and you've made it so worthwhile to be here. And I am going to miss you because you've been a part of my life for 10 years. Okay, this yeah. isn't helping with the not wanting to cry thing. You, you asked. You could <laughs> ask. You, you started it. You brought this on yourself. I did. I did. Okay. If you were actually here, I would do something I very rarely do, and that I would hug you. Aw. Yeah. Thanks, Rossi. <laughs> yeah. And that I would feel really embarrassed about it, because that's me. No, it's but. okay. <laughs> All uh, right. This feels an awful lot like I'm sending my little sister off to get like out into the big world, so... no it's okay we're good (laughs) anyway that's going to wrap us up for the show you guys um we will be back again next week as usual it's just going to be joe taking over the reins so um if you have an email for the show because we did get through our big long list go figure you guys we got through the big long list I'm so Only excited. Only have another big list waiting for us, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's another there's gigantic like list. In there. Oh, good yeah. grief. Okay, so anyway, if you do have an email for the show, you can send that to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Again, put Lorewatch in the subject line so that we know it's for this show, and it will get answered eventually, I swear. Anyway, it's not really a goodbye. It's just kind of like a see you later for now, but we will be back again. This is hands me next week. <laughs>